Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Here's someone who was a winner for seven seasons in Baltimore. Jamal Lewis was the pounding force behind one of the league's most powerful running games. Fifth player chosen in the 2000 NFL Draft, Jamal was the second rookie in league history to rush for 100 yards in a Super Bowl and the youngest to score a touchdown in Baltimore's Super Bowl 35 victory. Jamal would go on to become the Ravens' all-time leading rusher, piling up 10,000 yards in a career that included three years with Cleveland and a 2,066-yard season, which, when he did in 2003, was the second best ever in NFL history. Jamal Lewis, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem, no problem. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty good, weren't you, Jamal? <laughs> uh, you know, your running style seemed to kind of, to me at least, uh, epitomize the, the hard-nosed nature of the Steeler-Ravens rivalry. What was it like the week of one of those games uh, when you were with the Ravens? Um, you know, it was just, you know, it was totally different. You know, honestly, I know guys say, you know, you prepare for for all games the same and this that, and the other, but with that with with that rivalry, when that week came around, you know, the whole town just shifted, you know, and it also just out of the locker room, you know, guys they were prepared different, you know, they would eat different, they would sleep different, and it was just one of those things where you knew you, you had to bring your hard hat. Uh, you knew it was going to be an all-day uh, 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 hit-a-thon. So, you know, <laughs> you just wanted to be ready, you know, and that was it. So it was like your level of concentration and, and your, you know, every your high beams went went up, you know, to full capacity that week. Jamal, you've probably seen more terrible towels than half the <laughs> residents of Pittsburgh. How did all those waving yellow towels affect you, and do you allow yellow towels in your bathroom these days? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no yellow towels. No yellow towels. <laughs> when they when they started uh, when they started that, that was uh, you know it was overwhelming and, and it was an intimidation factor. You know, when either team, whether they came into Baltimore or we were going going into Pittsburgh, uh, it was an intimidation factor, and, and it was which team can intimidate the other uh, the most, and you know who was going to beat their chest. Uh, the most, you know, coming into that week, uh, that was that. That's what it was all about. And with me, you know, I had to face Farrier and Foot and and Porter and and Palomalu and all those guys, you know, uh, every time, you know, going in. And hey, that was a load. You was playing against some of the best in the NFL on, on one field. So I guess what you're telling me is, if I brought a yellow towel into your house, it would be a hitathon, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. We're gonna. I'm, I, I, my kids would actually take, it. <laughs> take you down. <laughs> We're with Jamal Lewis on the Talk of Fame Network, and Jamal, uh, I want you to clear something up for me. I understand a woman who was old enough to be your grandmother once gave you the one-fingered salute in Pittsburgh, and it wasn't because she thought you were number one. Is that true? And do you remember? <laughs> Oh man, hey, I got that all the time. So <laughs> you, you didn't get out of uh, you know playing in, in Pittsburgh, and that was either from the from a from the players or even from the fans. And and their, their fans had their full support. So uh, anything that they could do to kind of throw you off their game, uh, that's what they would do. 
your first Steeler uh, uh, Ravens game, I believe, it was your, your your rookie year there. I think it might have been your first game actually. Was the intensity of that game shocking to a twenty-one-year-old kid who had played at ten- Tennessee, and 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 now you're in the middle of this thing? Well, I think that one might have been my first first game. Uh, I got a little bit of run in it, but Priest Holmes, he was the starter starting yeah. out that year. But going in and not really knowing, you know, what to expect in your first NFL game, it was, it, it was, you know, it was very interesting because you really didn't understand the rivalry, you know, at the time. You know, my mm-hmm. biggest rivalry coming out of Tennessee was Florida Gators. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, it, it was like, you know, going into this game, you had LeVon Kirkland. You had a lot of those guys that I watched, you know, when I was younger uh, coming in. And we got the best of them. But at the same time, it was just you could tell that, you know, that week, you know, that was what it was all about. And that was, uh, you know, that was football at its best because you know you was going to get everything that football was about. It was going to be physical. It was going to be big plays uh, and big players making big plays. And, and that's what you had to expect. So, uh, you know, honestly, I had a front row seat that game. I probably had about eight carries. But at the same time, I got a chance to watch a good one. Jamal, former Pittsburgh receiver Heinz Ward once said, quote, the coaches hate each other, the players hate <laughs> each other, they don't like us, we don't like them, there's no need to hide it, they know it, and we know it. Is hate too strong a word to say existed between those two teams when you face each other? No, no, it's not. That, that's, not that's, that's not too strong of a word. Uh, it, it's actually best use. Uh, in that <laughs> uh, but but you just you know it was one of those things where when when coach came in to speak on Monday morning or or whether it was Wednesday morning when you're about to start the practice week you know when coach came in it wasn't you know all right fellas you know this is what we got to do and this is what we're going to do it was more direct of you already know what 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 this is about I don't have to talk about it I don't have to even bring it up you know, you know what we got to do. You know how you got to prepare. It was just like it was understood, um, you know, how you were going to go in and approach that week, you know, and the coach didn't have to really say it. And, you know, you, you already knew it was it was firm attention to detail, uh, every, you know, every play, everything. And, and, and it was even the players, you know, the players even w- was, you know, stepping up to the plate and, you know, make sure that all the corrections are made and, and, and that we're ready to go because – you knew you had to be a band of brothers going into that game. Okay, Jamal. We're talking with Jamal Lewis on the Talk of Fame Network. I'm going to test your patience here and <laughs> rekindle some of those memories of hated Pittsburgh. When you hear this song called Renegade, this song, that's right. Do you think Heinz Field in the cold? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you love that song, don't you? Yeah, you love that song. I, I hate. I hate. It's, it's very annoying. <laughs> very, very annoying. <laughs> it's, it's very annoying. Uh, but it's not as you play. I haven't heard. That, I haven't heard that in a while. But you bringing it up, it's like wow. You just feel like oh, here we go. Especially when you're at their house, you know, and and then you go in the red zone and. The, the 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 red ketchup is coming down the 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 uh the big jumbotron in the in the red zone and everything you and the towers are going and you know it's oh they're they're amped up and they're ready to go 
I thought you'd like that song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you had one of the greatest no. seasons, obviously, of anyone. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, no. yeah, probably not no. on your iPod, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had one of the greatest seasons of any running back, obviously, in NFL history in 2003. Uh, you know, 2,066 yards, and uh, I'm just wondering two things: How did you survive that kind of pounding, and what did you feel like on a Monday morning after one of those games? I mean, you had 296 yards, I think it was, in one game. Well, luckily that was the second game of the year. But at the same time, you know, as a running back, you know, that's what you want. Like, that's what I live for. And just to be just rolled the whole game. And 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 everything working in your favor. The offensive line is clicking. The chemistry is rolling. Everything you worked for, worked on that week before, it, it's going. It, it's actually happening. And every play that coach call is happening. And that, you know, that's the feeling you have in – when you go over 296 yards, you don't really get hit. You don't really get touched too much, uh, <laughs> basically. So, honestly, you're not that sore. You know, it's not as bad as an 80, a 80 yard game that 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 you had to really struggle and fight through. Which that that was more like a Pittsburgh game. You know, you get 80, 86, 88 yards in a Pittsburgh game. That was a good game running the ball. Honestly, mm-hmm. in my in my book. But you know, after running for 296 yards, it was. It was just a great feeling. You know, it was a great feeling. Now, I would say going on through the season, around mid to late season now, that's when you start feeling feeling those yards start to wear on you and, and just all the hits that you've accumulated along the way. I think I might have had 380 carries uh, that year. So, it was uh, – you, you really felt it. I felt it in the offseason, I must say. <laughs> Jamal, you rushed for 1,000 yards seven times in the first nine years of your career. Missed one of those seasons due to an injury. When you see the way many teams have downplayed the running game today, do you think it's a mistake? Are running backs becoming extinct in today's pass-happy offenses? And should they become extinct? Well, I think that it, it is. Um, well, I think they – I wouldn't say it's becoming extinct. I think the the day of the premier, the premier running back, that is kind of being downplayed. But I think it, it has a lot to do with injury. You know, because it is a brutal position. So um, I think what they've noticed over the years is, you know, one back compared to having two or three, you get more durability. But as a running back, it's terrible, you know, because you never get to get to get that same rhythm that that quarterback is getting against that defense. You know, every play he's learning something new about that defense that he didn't go over in the scouting uh, report and everything else. So that's how I approached the running game was, being able to, you know, uh, set things up for later on in the game, see how to see how the defenses and the linebackers are playing. That's that that's what you want to do so you can have have your way in the third and fourth quarter. You know, hopefully. But I think by having two or three running backs by committee and this whole thing, it just it just screws up. You know, that running back and uh, how his approach should be in the game. Now going into the game, it's I need to get the big run. I need to get the big run. My old lineman, uh, line coach and running back coaches, they would always tell me, don't look for the big run. You know, don't look for the big runs. Let it come. You know, run your tracks and do your thing. Now, it's more of if you're going to stay in the game and you're going to be the hot back and the one they're going to go to more, you have to go out and have an explosive run, you know, early in order mm-hmm. to get that. So, I really – I don't like it. Um, but I think that what happened is – you always have to come back to the running game. I don't. I don't care how much you throw the ball or whatever. When it comes down to 
to the, the, the weather and the elements outside and championship time, uh, you have to depend on the running game. Jamal, quick question for you. We've got about 30 seconds left. Do you like the rules changes now that are designed to protect the players and, and take away from the physical nature of the game? Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. I, I like what the league is doing now uh, with everything they're implementing. Um, I think it just makes the game safer. It makes guys play more honest, and it also makes them use, use good technique, you know, that they've been taught uh, as a child. So uh, I, I like it, and I like what they're doing from a safety standpoint. It just has to, you know, kind of – uh, change the culture of the game and flow down to youth football as well. Jamal, thanks so much for the time. And oh, by the way, if we come across a terrible towel, we're going to light it on fire for you. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll play Renegade and light it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Right. Hey, Jamal, y'all thank have, you. Thanks, Jamal. Good day. Thanks, Jamal. Right. You too. No problem. Bye. That was former Baltimore running back Jamal Lewis. When we return, we'll talk more about that Ravens-Steelers rivalry, really one of the best out there, as well as hear why former tackle Joe Jacoby, who's a Hall of Fame semifinalist, belongs in Canton. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 